Hi, I'm Gina Mullane. And I'm Todd Poley. Welcome to Checking Vitals, our final vital science episode of 2023. It's been an inspiring season, hasn't it, Todd? Absolutely, Gina. We've had the privilege of sharing the journeys of some incredible disruptors in the drug development space. We have heard some truly remarkable stories, but the three disruptors we are recapping in today's episode really stood out as being trailblazers in their respective fields. You know, and what's amazing is that these three individuals come from completely different backgrounds and have unique therapeutic goals, but they've all faced similar challenges. Yes, but I think we've heard some common themes throughout the season, like just how hard it can be to bring a therapy to market when it isn't a so-called blockbuster drug. It requires such tenacity and resourcefulness and connecting experts really across the entire scientific community. Right. Yeah, these disruptors rolled up their sleeves and did everything from conducting foundational research to recruiting scientists around the globe to overcoming regulatory hurdles. And so often it was fueled by a personal connection to the cause. It was certainly the case for our first disruptor, Valerie Estes, co-founder of Project ALS. The legacy for Project ALS is that we all are in this together. The love of sisters is a big thing. It, it kicked off a movement that I think is growing in momentum and there's lots of progress to be hopeful about. But again, you know, I think the legacy for Project ALS is not just a blind hope, it's hope based on aggressive, rational research. It's the only way we're gonna get there. And uh, we're committed to that to the end. Valerie was driven to establish Project ALS when her sister, Jennifer, was diagnosed at the age of 35. What began as a race to find treatment for Jennifer, who ultimately passed away from the disease, became a mission to put ALS on the research roadmap. Yeah, what really put into perspective for me was when Valerie told us that at the time Project ALS was founded back in 1998, there was only two known genes associated with ALS, affecting a small subset of patients. But that was before Project ALS established the first freestanding, privately funded stem cell research lab in the U.S. Thanks in large part to this lab's research, we now know that there are over 50 genes linked to this disease. I believe it was in developing a therapeutic to fight one of the less common genetic mutations, the FUS ALS, that Charles River crossed paths with Project ALS. Valerie was once again racing to save a life this time. It was that of J.C. Hermstad, a patient whose twin sister had died of the disease. And that's when Project ALS connected with Dr. Lauren Black here at Charles River, who was able to provide the FDA with the data needed to approve J.C.'s ASO therapy. Yeah. It's a heart-wrenching story, Gina, it, but it's also a testament to the power and legacy of collaboration and drug development. You know, sadly, J.C. passed away. Um, however, Ionis Pharmaceuticals is sponsoring a phase three clinical trial of the drug, informally known as JC Fusion. And this trial could potentially pave the way for personalized treatments for others facing similar genetic ALS challenges. 
It is truly amazing that the doors for genetic therapies are opening for neurodegenerative disease. We also heard evidence of this when we spoke with our next disruptor, uh, Lisa Deschamps, and she's the CEO of Aviato Bio. That's right. Lisa is also focused on conditions that have an unmet need for therapy, like frontotemporal dementia, uh, FTD, is similar to the other therapeutic areas in that it is a long and rigorous road to market. But as Lisa discussed at length, there's an added layer of of complexity at the biological level due to the blood-brain barrier. And while it's meant to protect us, it can actually become a hurdle in delivering therapies to the brain. If we can crack this delivery hurdle that many companies have faced and will continue to face, with these unique and bold approaches, again, around enhanced construct, routes of administration, different delivery technologies. I believe we can really make huge advancements in in certainly FTD and ALS, but even more broadly in all neurological conditions. FTD is a particularly devastating condition that leads to a wide range of symptoms from executive function and language deficits to even personality and behavior changes. And Aviato Bio is focusing on a specific subset of FTD patients who have a genetic mutation in their GRN gene. That's right. And I'm looking back at my notes here. On average, these patients survive only five to seven years from the time of diagnosis. And there are currently no treatment options available for the thousands carrying this mutation. Yeah, those are some sobering statistics, Todd. I can see why Lisa has worked so hard to find a workaround for administration. Her team is using a commonly used vector in other gene therapies called AAV9. And this is the plot twist here. They're administering it directly to the thalamus. As the central relay hub of the brain, Using the thalamus allows developers to minimize the required dosage while they're able to maximize the therapeutic benefits. Wow. Well, this program holds a lot of promise for those battling FTD, um, not to mention other applications it may have in neurodegenerative disease. And there may be even more advancements ahead now that the company has a partner for spinal administration as well. Spinal administration. Well, maybe we should introduce Lisa to our third and final disruptor on today's episode. That's Dr. Wise Young. He's an expert in the field of spinal cord injury and a founding director of the W.M. Keck Center for Collaborative Neuroscience at Rutgers University. The research coming out of the Keck Center could lead us to a new future of treatment for the 12,000 Americans who suffer from spinal cord injuries each year. SCIs are often the result of unexpected accidents like car crashes or machinery incidents that often cause irreversible trauma to the spine. But Dr. Young is asking a bold question. What if this damage is reversible after all? What if we could stimulate neuroregeneration, enabling the regrowth of neurons damaged during SCIs? But once a neurodegeneration has happened, boy, you know, I would say 100% of neurologists will tell you none of those neurons are ever coming back. (laughs) But wouldn't it be nice if it did come back? It's not just nice. It would mean 
something very different for humankind. Aging could be essentially cured if we could bring neurons back. It's a revolutionary concept. And as Dr. Young told us, it all hinges on having a quality animal model for research. That is right, Todd. Dr. Young has long relied on Charles Rivers' RNU model, which can receive cells from other animals without immune rejection. It's a perfect tool for studying the effects of cell-based therapies. And let's not forget the critical role of umbilical cord blood cells in this research. Exosome found in umbilical cord blood are proving to be a game changer. These microscopic particles can stimulate neurogenesis, the growth of new neurons in the brain. It is truly amazing. As Dr. Young shared, umbilical cord blood contains an astonishing one trillion exosomes per milliliter, compared to one billion in adult blood. These exosomes not only stimulate cell growth, but they do so without causing tumors. Yeah, it's hard to even imagine the implications of a therapy like this, if successful in clinical trials. Uh, treating brain damage, healing spinal cord injuries, potentially reversing the effects of aging, but uh, I guess I digress. <laughs> it is hard not to get excited about these discoveries. Yeah, glad to hear it isn't just me. I like to think this podcast offers some hope to our listeners too, and uh, sends the message to patients out there awaiting treatment that help is on the way. You know, I couldn't agree more, Todd, and I can't think of a better note to end on as we wrap up 2023. Hey, but don't worry, listeners. We will be back with more stories of scientific discovery and therapeutic innovation in January 2024. So be sure to listen and subscribe to never miss an episode. And until then, we wish you the happiest of holidays. Thanks for listening. <laughs>